We'll just pray first before we start, okay? Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you that you give us another opportunity to encounter you, to know you, and you are not going to let us go today. That's the word you said. I am not going to let you go today. That as we came in with different things, we are not going to leave the same because we are not just going to encounter God, but there are places in our hearts that God is going to touch and change and bring an awareness and a conviction and a place of surrendering those things to him. So Lord, even as we yield ourselves to you, as I yield myself to you, Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are already here, God. I am just a vessel. You are going to do great works today beyond Jennifer Daram. You're going to do great works from yesterday's anointing that's over. Fresh anointing today that will break the yoke of the enemy, Lord. And that it'll bring the reality of a living God into our lives, Father. And I thank you and praise you for that in Jesus' name. It's so good to be among friends and family here this morning. Sam and I have been so blessed by you, Pastor Tom. This year, while we were in Asia, we had a huge crisis, and both Pastor Tom and Alice were such an encouragement to us. Their wisdom, counsel, just your availability to us as missionaries, just encouragement. Just thank you so much, Sam, and I appreciate that. And thank you also for pastoring my prophetic gift so well. Truly, I, I, I've grown so much and able to do what I'm doing today because for years, Pastor Tom has poured and laid strong foundations. The gifts we have must be pastored. Otherwise, we just go off tangent. So thank you. You've been so instrumental in doing that for me and helping me grow and, and flourish and see that gift used effectively with, with under the power of God, but also under proper covering, under proper authority. And you see blessing and favor come out of that place. I also want to share a little bit uh, about what we are doing Thank you, City Church, for praying for us. So many of you have been such an encouragement to us when you're in the mission field and you are far away from home to get prayers, to get encouragement. It just lifts up our spirit. So thank you so much for doing that. Sam is part of the eldership for YWAM for South Asia and Pacific region. So we have a five-year commitment to uh, Asia, in which two years we have complete, completed. We have made Malaysia as our hub for our ministry. But the exciting thing is next year, we're going to move to Bangkok in Thailand because we are pioneering a brand new leadership school called APLC, Applied Practical Leadership Course. This has been Sam's dream for over 10 years. And finally, we get to partner with God and people like us here to see God's dream and heartbeat for emerging leaders in Asia to rise and to fulfill their call and their destiny. It's a very custom design uh, course. And the unique thing about this course is we have our our elders and senior YWAM leaders who have been in, the, in YWAM for many years, walking alongside, coaching, mentoring, teaching, and interacting and living life with those who are participating. And it's very much not just Americans, but having the heart and the culture of a God who is alive and loves and cares for Asians even, and those who cannot afford to go to the schools all over the world. So we are bringing that to them. And even after the school is over, that coaching, mentoring relationship is going to take place. And the key to that is also teaching them practically how to take your vision 
and actually implement it and just walk alongside with them. So that's going to be next year in March, on March, 8, March 5th through April 13th. This morning, I have just two words, uh, two separate words. One is the refiner's fire and the other is completing God's assignments. If I have time, I will do the completing God's assignments. I'm just going to flow with God's spirit and what he has put here and put on my heart. It's been seven years since City Church has been birthed. It's been a merge from Lake City and Mad City, and Pastor Tom was saying it's almost seven years that City Church has birthed, and God has accomplished great things. We had to go through a lot to see the purposes of God come to pass. So as, his, as he was sharing that, in my heart, there was an excitement asking, asking God, God, what do you have for us for the next seven years? Because I'm a doer. I'm like, I want to do great things for God. And I heard the Lord speak so clearly. Great things will be accomplished. Great things will be birthed through the refining of your character. Great things will be birthed through City Church through the refining of our character individually as a family and as a church. Whenever God is about to bring release and enlargening of ministry or spiritual authority, he usually strengthens the foundation of what is existing or he prunes or he refines, or he cuts off the dead and whatever is not bearing fruit. Malachi 3, 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. In the Amplified Version, it says, he would be also a refiner's fire and like a laundress soap, which removes impurity and uncleanness. Removing impurity and uncleanness. It is not our skills, our gifts, our ministries, our accomplishments, but it's the refining of our character that gives us spiritual authority to do great things with God. We need the refining of our character to carry the weight of his glory, to birth the purposes of God well, and to multiply it. This is not a Christmas message, but the very heart of Christmas is this. Let's make his birth, his death, his resurrection count. Everything of what we give to God cannot come from the external. It comes from the places in our lives that the Spirit of God, where the refiner meets us, where this God who we love, we worship, we adore, we lay down our lives to, he comes and he meets us, he confronts places in our lives that are hidden. Point one, identify your fiery furnace. Sometimes when we are in, 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 in the struggle of it, when we go through a difficult time, we don't see that as a furnace, as a place where God might want to use to shape us and form us and change us from the inside out. Point number two, the intentions of God's heart to refine us. It's very simple, the first point, A. So we become more like him. It's not a complicated thing. Let's not lose out the simple things, the basic things. My husband always says this, spiritual maturity is mastering the basics. Second Corinthians 3.18 and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. 
for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's this place where we behold the glory of God. Do you know the, the fiery furnace is a place of glory? It's not a place of retreat. It's courageous to be in the refiner's fire. It's courageous to be in the fiery furnace. It's the greatest place of growth. It's the greatest place of fruitfulness. It's the greatest place of death. It's the greatest place where your authority is shaped and formed. If you feel you don't have authority, if you feel you are lacking in that, that you don't have a voice, get into the fiery furnace. Today is the fire of the Lord is coming to burn some of these things and to give us greater understanding why his pruning, why his fire, why his refining is so important. Point B, cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. We know this, what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. We live in a day and age where we focus so much on external results. We focus on success. We focus on goals. We focus on how we perform and what praise and validation we get from people. But we do not focus or give much attention to a powerful thing, the fruit of the Spirit. That's like a foundation in our life from which a tree grows, from which your gifts flow, from which what you do and say is birth. The fruitfulness comes from this place. So the Lord is saying, do not neglect this because when you're in the fire, I want to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit inside of you. There's nothing wrong with external responses, but without internal change in our character, something is wrong with this picture. We can come week after week to this altar. We can kneel, we can pray, we can cry. God wants to cut through our emotional response to a greater place of depth in encountering specific things in your life and my life. I'm not saying this altar is meaningless, but he is taking us, he is calling us beyond an emotional response this morning. I think of what he did in my life. I had cancer in 2010, stage three going to stage four. I had chemotherapy, radiation, stuck in bed, isolated, but God had my undivided attention. He used the cancer to draw me to, to him and shape me. That was my fiery furnace. And he gently began to speak to me about some things. Because I was very involved with the prophetic ministry. And he said, Jen, you're giving beautiful words. Very powerful words. Great words. But you don't have compassion. You're not gentle. You're not gentle. I learned about compassion and gentleness on my bed being sick, in pain, and being alone. He used Sam, my husband's extreme servanthood and patience to teach me that without mercy and compassion, running alongside with my prophetic gift or running alongside with your prophetic gift or running alongside your pastoral ministry or running alongside your role as a mom, your role as a dad or whatever profession you might have without mercy and compassion. I was like a loud banging symbol. Just words, no authority. Just words, no authority. Now I understand more and daily ask the Lord to cultivate that gentleness and that compassion in my heart when I minister. God uses sometimes hard things in our lives to shape us and to build into us precious things that cannot be bought with money cannot be bought when you go to a conference, cannot be bought when you read a book, cannot be bought even the most anointed speaker can speak. What you encounter with him 
as a refiner's fire and what he shapes in you? What fruit of the spirit are you longing and crying out for, but that you don't see, but you will see now because the spirit of God will open your eyes. He is already touching some of us. Is it gentleness? Is it faithfulness? Is it kindness? Is it love? Is it joy? What is that fruit of the spirit that he is touching now? He also began to speak to me about my marriage. I was working in the Boston store and so busy and still involved with church and YWAM and and ministry. And I neglected some areas in my life. I pushed it under the carpet. Why? Because I was so busy serving God. So busy doing the right thing, but not allowing God to work in my life. He began to speak to me about my self-righteous attitude. Do you know self-righteousness hides itself? Don't say, hey, I'm self-righteous. Hey, I'm pride. And he said to me, Jen, you have neglected these things. Ministry is important. Work is important. But I'm working in your marriage, and you need to give heed. This morning, our marriages are at stake. Our relationships are at stake. Integrity and fear of the Lord is lacking in our family. And God is saying, take heed. Give ear to my voice. Your role as a father, your role as a mother to declare and call forth destiny and to live a life that pleases me. Do not neglect that. Do not let self-righteousness rule inside of your heart like it did in mine. And he said, and he challenged me, stop praying for Sam to change. You change. (laughs) It's funny, but it's true. If you are having a difficult marriage, stop praying for your spouse to change. You change. You say, Lord, change me. Change me. There are some of us sitting here who need to hear this word. Change me. Break that self-righteous attitude in my life. Teach me, God. Teach me. Point C, to draw out our potential. God just does not want to remove our impurities and uncleanness but he wants to draw out our potential and show us who we really are. You know what the enemy has done? He has shut down your voice. He has paralyzed your arms and your legs, your feet. He has deafened our ears. He has dulled our minds. Dulled our minds. We are doing the works without the heart. We are living on the outside, but dying on the inside. We are satisfied with our comfort zone. We are living below our potential. And you know what? We justify it, we give excuses, and we say it is okay. But today the voice of the Father is saying, you are living below your potential. Jen, I'm working hard. I work over 36 hours. I have work too. I'm talking about the potential of who you can become. Not the works, but inside of you, your character, your spiritual authority. We have given excuses and we have justified and we have patted ourselves and said, it's okay. It's okay. And you might be offended by what I say, but today I am not afraid. The Spirit of God is speaking to some of us. You are afraid to being stretched. You are afraid to being challenged. Why are you living below your potential? You have a voice. When God says you have to live here and you're satisfied with this, rise up today to respond to the refiner's fire. The voice of a loving father sees your potential. He sees things that are so dead inside of you 
that you have covered up. We have covered it up for years even. And he's saying, come, today is the day of breakthrough. Today is the day of change. Today is the day you put that excuse, you put that justification into the fiery furnace and embrace the potential. When we are in that fire, we can see because that death, that death is broken. True life of why he made you, why he created you. You will see, you will know. Your senses will be awakened. Your voice will rise once again. Your ears will be tuned to the voice and the whisper of the Spirit of God. Come to the refiner's fire. Come to him. Point D. When we are in the fiery furnace, the intention of God's heart to, is to give us clear identity of who we are. The more we go through the fiery furnace, the clearer our identity becomes. The clearer our identity becomes, the clearer your purpose and my purpose becomes. False identity tags stuck on us. So many of us, including myself, we live with false identity tags stuck on us. When we are in that furnace, we have a revelation that we are a child of God. And when we function from this place of resting as a child of God, we will not strive to perform or to be accepted. The enemy over the years has tried to make sickness as my identity. I have a slip disc, I had cancer, my throat is not well, my gallbladder is out. God, so many things and it's so easy to embrace and let that become so familiar with us, to coexist with us. What is your identity wrapped around? Today the Spirit of God is unwrapping and breaking and cutting off and uprooting that false identity over you. That false identity over you. It's coming off today. It's coming off right now. You and I are child of God. My identity is not sickness. My identity is I'm a child of God. I'm called to be a prophetic intercessor. I'm a great encourager. Sometimes I forget, but when I'm in that fire, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. Nanak, I see it. Mike, are you seeing it? Becca, are you seeing it? Are you seeing who you are? Step into the fire, you will see clearer. Step into the fire, you will get your direction. Step into the fire, and you will see your purpose, why God made you, why he created you, what gifts he put in you, the breath of his spirit in you, your potential, your identity, your assignment on this earth will become clearer, Focus, purposeful, fruitful. You might not stand up here, but wherever you are, the enemy will know this is a child of God. She has walked through the fire. She's in the fire. He's in the fire. Don't be afraid of the fire of God. It's good for our soul. It is good for our spirit. Point E, to know God. In that fiery furnace, we get to know God intimately. You know what he did to me? Strips me off in the fiery furnace. My crutches, you know we have crutches, things we hold on to. My securities. It can be your wealth, it can be your family, it can be your child. 
I don't know. You know the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. What is your crutch? And in that fiery furnace, as he removes that, all you can hold on to, all you can lean into, all you can have is him. It's this place of abandonment. It's this place of vulnerability. It's this place where you're naked before him. Nothing is hidden. And when we are in that place of such desperation and brokenness, he becomes real to us. He becomes close to us. We begin to see him in a light that we have never seen him before. You are on a journey, you're happily going along, limited in our knowledge and understanding of the refiner. When you step into that fire, you will see aspects of his character and his nature and the intentions of his heart that you could have never seen any time before. You wanna know him more? Say yes to the refiner's fire. Say yes to letting him remove and refine our character. Say yes to him. Don't be afraid. Point F, he breaks our insulated bubble. We live in a culture that is insulated Maybe we, it's even numbed us. You know why I can say this? I lived here in America over 20 years. It's a beautiful country. I'm an American on the outside. <laughs> but I'm a Malaysian Indian on the inside. Fire is burning inside of me. And today I want to address this place where we become insulated. It's all about living the American dream. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong in owning a beautiful house. We have a beautiful house. Nothing wrong in having a nice car, enjoying life, vacation, it's great. But if that's the sole purpose of why we are living, then there's something wrong, and today God wants to address that. We need to wake up, City Church. God is breaking that self-protective bubble he is exposing our selfishness. He's exposing our self-sufficiency. He is exposing our indifference. Thank you so much, Don. Is that hot? Great, thank you. He's exposing our selfishness, our self-sufficiency, and our indifference. He's calling us to the reality of what's happening around us in the city, in this region, and in the world, and in calling us to partner with him to fulfill the great commission. He is also preparing us for suffering, for persecution. If you are going through a difficult time, you are right on. We are on point. God is preparing us as city church for suffering, for hard times, Persecution, it doesn't just happen in Asia. We must get prepared. Stop living in that bubble. God's breaking that bubble. Our potential as city church is far greater. We are living beyond or below our potential. And he's calling us to come up higher. He refines us so we become strong. We become confident. We become fearless when we are tested. We don't throw in the towel. We don't chicken out. We make godly decisions in the time of testing. That's why he refines us. There's a strength in this church and a call to the nations but we must go through the refiner's fire to have that kind of fortitude that God wants to build into us and breathe into us. If we are reading our gospel that has no suffering, then it's the wrong gospel that you and I are reading. 
without suffering. If we think there's no suffering involved, we are having a distorted view of the character of God. It's not complete. Suffering, difficulty, going through hard times, tribulation is one of God's greatest gift to us to grow us, to challenge us, to shake us and not let us be complacent, to sit where we are, where we were last week. Stop living from yesterday's and past anointing and accomplishments. There's a new call on your life today. I hope and pray the Spirit of God is convicting us. He loves us. He's not going to let you go. Even when you walk out, the conviction of God's Spirit is going to be strong. Not because I said so, but because He is after you. He's after your life. He's after your heart. He's after the things that we have pushed aside. And He's saying, Come. Come. You want to hear the roar of the Lion of Judah? It's not just hearing the roar of the Lion of Judah. The roar of the Lion of Judah and the impact of that roar comes through the refining of our character. It's not in the loudness of our voice, the strength of our worship, or the power of our eloquent prayers. The roar of the Lion of Judah in this church, over our ministries in this region. You want to go to the nations? Then let God refine your character. Let God refine my character. God wants to work past the goosebump feeling and bringing depth to our character that when we stand, we are not standing before the people. We stand before the enemy. We stand before the enemy and he will know whether your raw has the authority and the seal and the mark of the refiner's fire. If you and I have been through that fire and touched by that fire, I don't care what small little place you work, your authority will make a dent. Your authority will make an impact. We want revival to come. Let the refiner's fire come to your heart. We've been crying for revival. Revival. Before revival comes, repentance comes. Repent of our sins. Repent of our old ways. Repent of those habits and addictions. The power of God is so great. The power of God's spirit is so great. When that fire touches you, I don't care what addictions you have, it will break. It will put the fear of the Lord in us. It will put a hunger for holiness and righteousness in our lives. <clears throat> William Booth quoted this, the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost. Christianity without Christ. Forgiveness without repentance. Salvation without regeneration. Politics without God and heaven without hell. Stop blaming others. Stop giving the enemy so much credit. Stop blaming the enemy. It's spiritual warfare. Yes, there's some amount of warfare. But I tell you, you take a step back. And ask God, what is he teaching me? Ask him, what are you teaching me? What are you purifying in me? Sometimes it takes time. Because there are many layers before he comes to the root of our sin. There's a specificness when you're in the fiery furnace. 
The Holy Spirit is not this vague, floating identity, something. No, he is specific. He's a person. He will show you where you have lost your cutting edge. He will show you where that hidden sin is. He will show me where I need to change. It is specific. Is it in your marriage? Is it with your words? Are you struggling with jealousy? Are you struggling with unforgiveness? You have an anger issue. You have problems with leadership, authority. He is so specific, and even now, he's touching us. One of the things I sense strongly for us as City Church is understanding of true unity. As we continue to grow with so many different uh, people groups, I can't even say that word, (laughs) ethnicity, okay. We can tend to feel isolated or have thoughts like I don't really belong here or thoughts like this is a white church. We might not say it, might think it. I don't have a place here. But when we walk through the fiery furnace of his presence, he removes those walls that separates us. He removes a critical spirit. He removes judgment. He removes mistrust. He removes suspicion. He removes that exclusiveness. He removes and breaks clicks. You know, in a church like this, we can be very cliquish. And today, the Holy Spirit is addressing these things. As we come into the fiery furnace, we will come out with His heart for all peoples. Our perspective changes. City Church will be a place of belonging. We're in the midst of diversity of people groups, diversity of gifts, whether you're Hmong, whether you're African-American, whether you are Chinese, Indian, Malaysian, Hispanic, does not matter. This is a place where we belong, where sacrificial love, sacrificial giving is lived out and we experience joy even when we go through hard times, because we have family, we have each other, we can enjoy the uniqueness of our own culture and our own people, but God is calling and the way he's weaving the fabric of City Church is where our cultures overlap, it's integrated, where our friendships and our relationships is beyond the color of our skin. You belong here. Stop looking at the holes and become a solution. You be that bridge. You be that reaching hand. When was the last time you invited someone you didn't even know of another people group into your home, into your circle of friendship? We want to go to the nations. The nations are here. God wants us to learn some principles of connecting with one another, what true community is. He wants to show us our potential as city church to touch lives, begin here in this body. This is a melting pot for the nations. The other is a strong spirit of control. Control, control, control. We control because we want to control the outcome. We are afraid of the unknown. We feel safe and secure with our routine. We want all our ducks in the row. There's nothing wrong in planning. I'm a planner, I've got a checklist. I function like that. But I've been challenged by the Holy Spirit Where is my place? Where is my place in your structure? Have you given me room in your life to breathe, to redirect, to reshape?
when we walk with the Spirit of God, it's unpredictable. God wants to awaken some of our hearts to adventure and unpredictability and letting God take the control as we follow him. Some of our hearts has been stifled. It's dead. It's not pumping. Because you have taken the controls. You are driving it. He wants to remove the cap of limitations over you that stifles you and me and kills the joy of discovery. When was the last time you were so excited because you didn't know the outcome? Yes, there's, there's that fear. When was the last time your heart pumped? Speed. Oh, what God is going to do? I don't know what God is going to do. I don't know what the Spirit of God is going to do. Is our ministries all so predictable? Is our worship predictable? Is our prayer times predictable? Our day is predictable. Where is the place for the Spirit of God to come and do what he wants to do? City Church, we must give him room. We must give him room if it means that we need to change the way we think, the way we do things. We have to do it. God is tired of hearing us pray out prayers, come Holy Spirit, and then Jennifer Dharam takes over. <laughs> Stop making prayers like that. It grieves the heart of God. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to even surrender our schedules. It's so tight. It's so tight, even you cannot breathe. When we walk in that fiery furnace and you respond to the refiner's fire, you'll find freedom and joy because God holds the outcome. You and I can trust him. What is he asking you to surrender? Sometimes as leaders, I've been a leader, I know these things. This is not talking to you, it's talking even to me. These have been places that I had to walk through and some still in process. Sometimes as leaders we control because we're insecure. Or when somebody better shows up, we shut them down. Instead of empowering them and walking alongside with them and mentoring them, we shut them down. He's calling in this church for men and women that would be door openers for others, that will recognize each other's giftings. Make room. Are you making room? Are we creating a place for others to rise up, for others to lead? Or are we threatened and feel insecure that we are so territorial? Today the Holy Spirit is addressing that. Stop being territorial. It's God's kingdom, it's not my kingdom, not city church's kingdom, it's God's kingdom for us to multiply, for us to grow, for us to touch this region. These are the things we have to walk through the refiner's fire. Whether it's at your workplace, whether you're a businessman or teacher, it doesn't matter. What are you and I doing to open up those doors for others? I'm not your personal Holy Spirit and don't know what specific area he's dealing with you now. It could be your ego, it could be pride, it could be jealousy. Whatever it is, today is the day of conviction and change and he's not going to let us go. Going to the fiery furnace is not a one-time thing. God keeps bringing us to this place over and over again. So we are aligned to his heart and purposes. This year, starting this year, when, I, when we were in Malaysia, God began to challenge me. And he said, I want you to stop looking for ministry. Die to ministry. Seek my face. And I'm like, huh? People are sending us to Asia a lot to do these things, and you want me to die to ministry? What's wrong with you, God? <laughs> God's like, because... 
Your ministry has become greater than me. I want you to love me for who I am and not what you can get from me. Stop asking for a prophetic word for somebody. Stop asking for healing. Stop asking for provision. There's nothing wrong with that. But Christ needs to come first. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. What is your soul thirsting for? Is it truly the living God or living God plus all these additions and attachments? We are very good in adding Jesus and attachments. It can be anything. It can be a trend. It can be a fad. A method of doing things. God's like, just let that go. In the refiner's fire, I'm going to burn that so that your whole heart's desire is me first and everything else will follow. So the overflow of pursuing God alone and allowing him to refine us is favor and blessing. When Sam and I had been in Malaysia this year, after I laid down, I said, God, I'm not going to seek for ministry. God opened up amazing doors for Sam and I to minister, specifically in the Methodist denomination. We ministered just recently to a pastor's development group, 50 pastors in our nation, Methodist pastors, came together and both Sam and I ministered, where it's predominantly male-dominated. Myself and another pastor's wife was there, and I was invited to come and minister alongside with Sam. God has opened up doors for us to interact with the president of the Methodist denomination in our nation, meet with him, with a few other intercessors, once a month for three hours, waiting on God, asking him what is on his heart for churches, Methodist churches in Malaysia. What a position of privilege, what a position of honor to partner with God to partner with him, to be able to shape, to have a voice of influence. It comes when you die. When you die, when you die, dying is good. Tell that to ourselves. Dying is good. Dying is good. It's good for our soul. God has also given me the privilege to start a Methodist pastor's wife's group to facilitate that. When I went first to Malaysia, I said, I'm just going to support Sam. I'm not going to do anything. Just support Sam. Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. Mm-mm. Spirit, and I asked myself, what gives me authority to do that? Is it because I'm Malaysian? Because I'm a woman of color? Maybe feel sorry for me. The Lord reminded me and he said, it's spiritual authority and character that's refined in the fiery furnace. That's why you can stand in that nation. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. He reminded me of the many valuable principles learned being in the fiery furnace over the years, and especially here in City Church and my workplace, the Boston store, where I worked for 14 years the area of submitting to authority and valuing input and guidance from leadership. My zeal and passion must be discipled and pastored before I can disciple a city or a region or a nation. Principles I learned here, going through the refiner's fire, being teachable and open to correction, being open and teachable to correction, having great work ethics, doing what's right when no one is watching, working hard, being on time for work, respecting authority, even when they don't do things right. God is more interested in the messenger than the message 
And that is why allowing God to refine our character is priority. Everything flows out of who we are, not what we do. It's who we are. Those difficult training times in the fiery furnace, the hard knocks from Pastor Tom. He's pulled me in there many times. Loves me, loves Sam, but he's pulled me in. Spoken, brought the word of the Lord, helped shape my prophetic gift. That's what gives me spiritual authority. That what, that's what helps me even to stand today and challenges and do what I do. How are you responding to the Holy Spirit this morning? Get into the fiery furnace. Respond to the refiner's fire. Two minutes, okay. So I'm, I'm done. Actually, I'm nearly done. <laughs> My last two points is invitation to the fiery furnace. And when you're in that fiery furnace, it comes from a heart of God who loves us. It's not out of compulsion. Like Pastor Tom always says, because we get to, we want to, not because we have to. You can choose to say no, but you'll not go far. You'll come around that same mountain again. You have a choice today to respond to that refiner's fire, to respond to the area that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of today, to respond to him that if you're stuck in a rut, today is the day, today is the day, today is the moment for that breakthrough to come. And when you're in that fiery furnace, don't try to get out and dictate to God how long you should be in there. We can do that. I've done that enough, God. I think I'm humble enough. No. <laughs> it sounds funny, you guys. Some of us are out of that furnace. Today, the call is for you to get back, to go back on the potter's wheel, to get back into the fire so that he can complete the work inside of you and me. Don't be discouraged. This is a time to rejoice. Repentance brings fruit. Repentance brings breakthrough. Repentance brings unity. Repentance brings authority in Christ. Respond to him. Stop looking for that spiritual promotion. The fiery furnace is the place of great promotion. When you're in it, you will understand. So today I just want to encourage you to respond to that. Pastor Tom? Pastor Tom?